Oh my goodness, Monica, here we are at part two of X-Royals. We spent the entire last episode talking about Prince Harry, and now we are moving on to Meghan Markle. Friends, if you could see me now, there is the biggest smile on my face because there is so much to dish about Markle. I mean, so much. If we can throw it all the way back to season one for any of the new listeners, our third episode was on the Royals and Monica tried so, so hard to get me to dig into the celebrity gossip. And I was like, no, we will talk about the Queens and their powers. And like, I can't lie, Monica, you know, maybe that was a mistake on my part because this has been a friggin blast. I can't wait to get into it. Welcome to Two Monicas in a Microphone. I'm Monica. And I'm the other Monica. Each week we explore a variety of topics from nostalgia to world culture to American history to food to parenting and everything in between. If you're looking for a break from the seriousness of everyday life, you found it. And for anyone that is new out there, we want to let you know that for the next several episodes in this season, we are actually going to focus on celebrities. We're gonna dig up the dirt, spill the tea, and give accolades when they're due. Let's not cut any corners. Let's just dig right into Megan. But before we do, don't forget to hit that follow button on your favorite podcast app and leave us a five-star review. You can also connect with us on all social media at Two Monica's Podcast. That's with the number two. Thanks, Juan. Now, on with the show. All right, all right, all right. This is the best. The ex-princess. When you don't like being a princess that much. Oh my God, I just love it so much. You might be asking yourself, why did I leave this beautiful house? Why did I leave my beautiful life? How did I get here? I think that's a riff on the talking heads, letting the days go by. But anyway, Megan and the horrible life she had as a princess. One headline I read said, Megan Markle was happy to leave the royal family to get her social media accounts back. I mean, for real? I think that you could be happy to get your social media accounts back, but I can't imagine that's the sole reason to leave the royal family, was it? No, as we discussed before, they wanted financial independence and privacy. They want privacy? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I cannot hold back. So the like, whole they thing- They do not act like people who want to be private. No. So the whole thing about her social media is that once she was married into the royal family, Kensington Palace took control of her social media, right? Because they have to paint this kind of like what we do, Monica. We have a very curated image for the podcast as do right. other much larger media groups. For instance, one of our favorite media groups, all of their hosts will post something similar about a similar topic on the same day. And it's because right. they're not doing it themselves. It's not their private use anymore. Yeah. Look, as much as we're going to bash Meghan Markle, like, because we are, I would have to side with her on wanting control of your own social media and wanting to not believe that you're a part of this big corporate group. So, I mean, but it she might is. be That's the what she only married nice thing. Yeah, it might be the only nice thing I have to say about her, but I would have a lot of relief of that. And then also, here's another thing. I mean, I'm going to be the defender, right? Just a little bit. It's what I do. I'm also playing devil's advocate with doing it. But when we talked about them originally in season three, and I discovered that the monarch, so before Queen Elizabeth and now King Charles, all of the royal grandchildren, they have custody rights to, not the parents. 
I think that's so bizarre. But anyway. That's bizarre. But anyway, so nonetheless, I don't think she's a victim at all. And I do think she knew exactly what she was getting into. Yes. So after leaving for privacy, <clears throat> the Duke and Duchess, now no longer working royals, kept using Sussex Royal Charity. And guess who didn't like that? Uh, yeah, the royal family. Because Oh, I thought you were going to say the people of no. the United Kingdom. <laughs> the royal family felt like they were capitalizing on being royalty mm -hmm. when they've been stripped of their titles. So they were told to shut it down when they moved to Montecito, California, moved to America people. They left England where they were royalty. Now they're no longer royalty and they live in California. What I didn't know before doing the research was that their foundation was being investigated, mismanagement of funds and decision-making after the couple shut it down. And, uh, and this is according to the Daily Mail UK. So what did they do? They started Archwell Foundation instead. I have no idea what it funds, uh, what it supports, and I'm really not curious enough to look. But if you are, we have a link in the show notes. There's just too much juicy stuff to talk about charity. Sorry, that sounded really bad. But anyway, let's move on. Okay, yeah, so Monica, early on you asked me if I was going to to kind of review her memoir because I've been getting into that lately with other uh, celebrities and, you know, I've, I've dived or dove, dived? Great, great English teacher come in and tell me, into uh, Spare. But when you brought up uh, Megan's memoir, I decided to go look it up. But you know what? She doesn't have a memoir. Not yet. I mean, she's planning one now that Spare's out, but she hasn't written one yet. What are you talking about? I thought she launched a memoir in the summer. No, she's not. What did mm -hmm. she launch then in the summer? Uh, probably Megan and Harry or a podcast. Well, her podcast, um, Arch Archetypes. But anyway, I totally forgot about that. I okay. mean, I do definitely feel like she's someone who would have already had a memoir, but I think I'm going to share the first little piece of gossip, and it's my piece of gossip, and it's unsubstantiated, but I think maybe she has put out her memoir, and she named it Spare. Like, I am <laughs> not really sure that I feel like Harry wrote this thing. William Kate invited us for tea to clear the air, June 2018. We walked over one late afternoon. I saw Meg's eyes widen as we entered their front door. Walked past their front sitting room, down their hallway, into their study. Wow, Meg said several times. The wallpaper, the crown molding, the walnut bookshelves lined with color-coordinated volumes, the priceless art. Gorgeous, like a museum. And we both told them so. We complimented them lavishly on their renovation, though we also thought sheepishly of our IKEA lamps, our discount sofa recently bought on sale with Meg's credit card from sofa.com. <laughs> dude 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 no he did not have those thoughts i am sorry he did not okay. have those yeah, thoughts okay, so that those are her thoughts those are definitely her thoughts in her memoir and even if they were real thoughts okay first of all i do not buy that they had a discount sofa or they bought their stuff at ikea but let's say that they did you know what they got a pretty freaking expensive budget as we heard mm -hmm. when they decided to reno frogmore yes they did so Three i don't want to hear about dollars yeah i don't want to hear oh we went in and we told them how beautiful everything was and then we were just cringing over here because we used a credit card bs yeah no. harry has tons of money 
and he gets tons and of money every year. Yeah, you were not doing those things. Why? Ugh. I just, okay, I have to say that I, as a person, have a hard time talking bad about other people, which is one of the reasons why for me celebrity gossip is so hard. But this is just clearly a cut and dry case of a narcissist. Let's talk about Markle wanting to end worldwide poverty, which is probably what Arch Wealth Foundation is about, right? Yeah, I bet it has something to do with that just because I know Prince Harry had a little bit of that in his background before he even married her. So I'm sure. And I think that's a noble cause. And if that's the cause, go for it. And I know they've both kind of um, centered some of their philanthropy around that. Now, since there wasn't a memoir, I had to go all through social medias <laughs> um, <laughs> to get <laughs> to get my facts, which is, oh my gosh. But anyway, everyone here is listening to a podcast for the same reason, so no judgment. So one of the social media accounts that I came across, I am literally dying, Monica, at what she calls the Duchess. She calls her the Duchess of Suspects. <gasps> I love that. Yeah, and that's Lady <laughs> Amber Lee, and you can find her on TikTok. So she breaks down in a post about like how Markle, like you said, is all about ending worldwide poverty. And she has like this bag that says that on it. But then Lady Amber Lee goes on to show all of these outfits. There were 10 of them that cost more than the yearly poverty income level. And I mean, each one costs that much. Oh, I thought you meant total. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, but no one. Holy each. shnikes. And then she did show that her wedding attire was valued at 831000 Now, this is attire, so that would be head to toe everything. And mm -hmm. if you'll remember, they wear more than one dress. I did try to verify this because I'm not about just throwing out things to throw them out. What I could find is that I do think it's possible, but I don't have the receipts. No one has the receipts because sure. the, ro <laughs> the royals do not release the receipts on those things. But if you want to know about Meghan Markle's clothing budget, we talk about how Prince Charles actually gives them money for it. And yes, even after they decided they didn't want to be royal. Well, speaking of her wedding, as we were just adding some extra little juicy tidbits, I did <laughs> find something Tiara Gate. Ooh, yes. Tell me. Yes. According to Newsweek.com back in April 2022 is one of the seen as one of the first major clashes between Harry Meghan and the old guard, quote unquote, at the palace that surrounded the queen. So what exactly happened between the Sussexes and Angela Kelly, who is the queen's dresser about a tiara that Meghan was going to wear on her wedding day? Mm -hmm. um, basically, the suggestion is that Meghan brought her New York stylist to London and they wanted to have a hair trial with the tiara on to see how everything was going to look. And Angela Kelly was like, no, you're not going to do that. Okay, but isn't that because the tiara was Queen Mary's? She well, wore Queen see. Mary's tiara that um, Queen Elizabeth uh, let her borrow. Um, it doesn't say who the tiara belonged to. Okay. Well, that, I mean, it is, she did wear Queen Mary's tiara. So that tells you even more how, I mean, how do you not know you don't want to touch this priceless artifact? Okay. So twice. this is, this is what the commentator, the Royal commentator says. He okay. thinks that it's possible the rift started because they thought it was absurd that she flew her stylist from New York to London for a hairstyling trial with the tiara. 
And that's not something the, the royal family would do. I will have to say that I feel I mean, like a lot of what Meghan Markle does is so American. And Harry, <laughs> Harry had a heated exchange with Ooh. Kelly. And remember, Kelly, it's Angela Kelly, who is the queen's dresser. Oh, my goodness. So, he's always just coming to her aid because she's so victimized. Yep, yep, this makes yep. you sad for people who actually are victimized. Back to the actual stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, we could go on and on and on because I will tell you that there are whole freaking accounts on TikTok devoted to just Meghan Markle. But anyway, I digress. Kate rewore a dress to the BAFTA Awards, which the dress was amazing. I'd wear it more than once, but I guess it's just not something generally done. But it was kind of like in a response, a classy response to Megan, or so the experts say, to show how she's classy and could be thrifty during this time that all of the people are going through. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is going through it. Everything costs a freaking ton of money. I remember yeah. when this happened because it made, you know, like my little MSN feed or Google feed or whatever. <laughs> and her yeah. dress was gorgeous. And they did point out that she had worn it once three years prior. And I was wow. just like, that's cool. She likes a dress, a specific dress enough to wear it twice. I think that says something about the dress and her as a person. Oh, definitely. And um, if you saw how she looks in that dress, she should wear it more than once. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but we digress. We are not here to talk about Princess Kate. The final theory that I came across multiple times, which I thought was funny, and they say this about like every celebrity, and that is that Meghan Markle was never pregnant. And for the record, I do not believe this <laughs> at all. She was pregnant, y'all. Stop it. <laughs> Serena Williams, never pregnant. Okay, I came across a clip of Serena Williams and it was really endearing and it was talking about how she could not possibly beat the best man in tennis and like, I don't know. No, I, I, mean, mon, mon. Some, I, yeah. I put that out there because there are people who believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, know. I don't believe I know. It. I'm just saying that I recently yeah. came across this and it's just like, I don't know. I just feel sorry that people say that. Yeah. Okay, see here you have a fact about Megan that I didn't know. Do you mind sharing? I bet, I bet a lot of people don't know this. Oh, for sure. So here's our ex-royal fact. Here I was thinking it's just Megan, an American actress. But no, the actress is actually a descendant of an English king. So Prince what? Harry... Yeah, Prince Harry may not be marrying a commoner after all, or may not have married a commoner after all. Research finds that Meghan Markle actually has royal blood in her. The actress is a descendant of, an, of England's King Edward III, who ruled from 1327 until 1377, according to genealogist Gary Boyd Roberts. Oh, wow. I can say as a Southerner and an Arkansan that I have heard the largest amount of incest in marrying your cousin jokes known to mankind. But I have to say that I am not shocked at all that a member of the British royal family married a relative. We just had dinner with some people and the husband is from Southern Georgia. Knowing where someone's from based on their accent, he's like, yeah, they're probably my cousin. I was like, well, you better get a DNA test if you meet anybody in that town then. <laughs> it's, it's a problem for small towns, I'll tell you that. Well, so one thing I wanted to find out, because for a while everyone was enamored with Megan. I wasn't only because I had seen her on Suits since Paul and I watched every episode of every season. And we were never fans. We, I thought her acting was flat. It was always very much the same. That was my take. She looked great in pencil skirts and the blouses and the heels she wore. That was it. 
So yeah, I mean, when, I think she's absolutely oh, beautiful. I will beautiful. just put that out there. She's a very pretty woman. I wanted to know when the bubble burst, when the cracks started forming. And so from my digging, I found a journalist whom the East Bay Times says was ahead of the curve covering Markle for the American media. And her name is Vanessa Gregoriatis. This name sounds familiar, but I can't put my finger on why. She does write mm-hmm. for Vanity Fair. And besides great fashion spreads in Vanity Fair, it has published many, many exceptional investigative journalism pieces, like long-form journalism. Mm-hmm. So Vanessa says in her interview with Andrew Gold in his On the Edge podcast that Markle was loved by her new country and even won hearts on her first publicity tour with Harry. They traveled to Australia and the South Pacific. I mean, that sounds amazing, considering yes. their third date was uh, a safari. Oh, so it was a glamour tent. <laughs> That's right. No animals. Gregoriatis said, It was almost a magical mix of micromanagement and moments of authenticity. So yeah, they loved her. But the facade of the rags to riches Cinderella story started to crack after Markle's speech in Fiji. She was talking about funding girls' education and higher learning and how important it is. And she goes on, yeah, for sure. And she goes on to talk about how she achieved her college degree and her dream. In the speech, she claimed she put herself through college with scholarships, financial aid, and work study. And that's where you work, and all the money goes toward your tuition, and not remember that. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So you don't get a paycheck and then get to Mm -hmm. go to the bar and buy quarter pitchers of beer. Yes, not how work study works. That's what I did at college. Yep. Is it went. I, I remember the college gave me my check and I signed it over immediately to the college. Right. So anyway, right after the speech, Markle's stepsister tweeted that this was not true. That's not a quote of the tweet, but that's the gist. To quote, Samantha Markle said, their father, a retired Hollywood lighting designer, paid for her college education at the time. Samantha Markle called Megan delusionally absurd. Well, I will have to say that putting yourself through college makes for a much better story. Absolutely. And that's the the whole gist of this East Bay Times article, um, which condenses the Vanity Fair article and the interview with Andrew Gold on the podcast, is that she had crafted this facade of her life well, I mean, and who she was. Well, I don't feel like that would be too far-fetched for us to think she did something like that because didn't alec baldwin's wife do the exact same thing and that was uncovered in the past few years i mean she pretended she was from spain and spoke with a false spanish accent well yeah so the whole idea of you know covering up where you really come from and working hard at the same time to become you know the hollywood elite that's a very hollywood thing to do so yes. no one, no one's denying that. What I found most interesting was that Gregoriatis goes on to mention a writer colleague who spent the day with Megan, and her take, this this colleague's take was, this person is just not on the level, and went on to say, I don't want to be here. Yikes! Yeah. So Gregoriatis has never, you know, said who this colleague is, but there, you know, you can kind of put two and two together, which the East Bay, Bay Times does. And they think it's a writer named Allison P. Davis, who wrote the article in The Cut. And it's a 6,400-word story. About Megan? About Megan. 
Oh my. So get this, Davis spent the day interviewing Megan at her mansion. And I'm sure Markle thought that this was just going to be a glowing tribute to the Duchess. Did, did she buy the mansion at Ikea and put it together? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, sorry. She bought an Ikea lamp and she paid for it with like the quarters she saved up from waitressing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which friends, I don't think she ever waitressed, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Davis flipped the script and she turned what was supposed to be a glowing tribute into a story that was a carefully worded takedown. This is to quote the East Bay Times article, carefully worded takedown of her pretensions about her California lifestyle, her marriage, her parenting choices, and her importance in royal history. Royal history, lady, you were there for 18 months before you decided it was enough. I go on to quote, it also presented the Northwestern theater major as performing through the interview, speaking as though she had a tiny bachelor producer in her brain directing what she says. O-M-G. Like as in the TV show, The Bachelor? No, like a, a maybe. The Bachelor is in Yeah. Campus. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's what I'm telling you. This woman is nauseating. Like, I really, really tried, y'all, to jump in and, you know, play devil's advocate and really see if I like her. But it just, you can feel it coming off of her. Now, she has vicious fans who'll tear your eyeballs out for saying she spent $12,000 on a dress. They call them stands of Megan. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, dude, she did spend $12,000 on a dress. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, at the end of this, the cut publication, Megan was not happy. And she ended up telling Variety a couple months later that she tends to be really trusting and really open, but that she could survive the setback. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I will say that sometimes reporters say one thing and they do another. And I was listening to some of the Paris Hilton memoir, and I do think that that happens, but I do not think that is what happened here. No reporter goes away wishing that they weren't there. The fact that a reporter said, I don't want to be here is very telling. Okay, before we go on to our next segment, I must mention the latest satire about the couple, and it took entire countries by storm, from Canada to Australia to India. And of course, it was my husband that mentioned it to me because I don't really like the show. I've watched mm-hmm. it. I watch it on occasion. I I love the Member Berries episodes when they were talking about Trump. South Park. This yeah, episode so okay. surged on Twitter. Here's what the Huff Post headlined. South Park gleefully reduces Prince Harry and Meghan Markle to cartoon buffoons. <laughs> I don't feel like they had to work real hard on that. No, no, no. The title of the episode is the Worldwide Privacy Tour. And for our <laughs> friends who haven't seen it, here is just a clip. Live from the television studios in Toronto, it's Good Morning, Canada. It has been several months now since our beloved queen has died. All Canadians are finding it hard to go on. All Canadians, that is, except for our first guest, the prince and his wife. We We want privacy! We want privacy! Thanks for having us on the show. It's so awesome to be here, it's great. So let me start with you, sir. You've lived a life with the royal family, you've had everything handed to you, but you say your life has been hard, and now you've written all about it in your new book, Wee. Yes, that's right, friend. 
You see, my wife and I, I are totally like, you should write a book because your family's like stupid and then so are like journalists. So you hate journalists. That's right. And now you wrote a book that reports on the lives of the royal family. Right. So you're a journalist. We just want to be normal people. All this attention is so hard. Isn't it true, sir, that your questionable wife has her own TV show and hangs out with celebrities and does fashion magazines? What are you suggesting? Well, I just think some people might say that your Instagram-loving wife actually doesn't want her privacy. How dare you, sir! My Instagram-loving wife has always wanted her privacy! And you know what else? To hell with Canada! We are leaving! We'll go find some quiet place where we can be normal people! Come on, wife! We want privacy! We, we want, want privacy! We want privacy! I'm still laughing at the title, the worldwide yes. privacy tour. And don't they, they're holding those little signs that are like, don't look at us on the yes. sign. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. The whole episode is hilarious. I wondered how Megan reacted and the New York Post reported the Duchess is reportedly upset and overwhelmed by the episode and annoyed by South Park, but refuses to watch it all. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, that's really how I feel like everybody gets made fun of on South Park feels. So she she should actually feel like she's made it because she made it to South Park. That's right. And again, I think it just reinforces our pretty much spot on theory that the couple loves the media and media attention when it's positive, but not when it's negative. That's for sure. Monica, right. you had asked before about the difference between... A curtsy and a bow. Yeah, yeah. Is there right? a difference? I do believe that the main difference is that a curtsy is something a woman does in front of royalty and a bow is something a man does. I think that is just, in okay. layman's terms, the easiest way to explain it. But the royals do have rules about bowing and curtsying. And according to this Yahoo Ent Entertainment article, they're weird, the rules. <laughs> Shocker. And I let them do a deep dive, not me. Yes. The royal family cannot force anyone to bow to them. Oh, well, that's nice of them. Mm -hmm. um, but they go on to list the traditional forms of greeting. So one can bow at the neck or do a small curtsy when meeting the queen or another royal. It's just that simple. And the royal family even says this on their website. Well, mm -hmm. if you watch Meghan Markle's rendition of, of bowing, it's... Actually, it reminds me of my son was just in Into the Woods, and every time the prince comes by, this commoner does this absolutely outrageous curtsy, and that is exactly what is going on when Megan retells this story to Oprah, whoever, I don't know. They've done yeah. so many, I can't keep them straight. Kids don't start bowing until the age of five, so Megs and Harry um, don't would not have to worry about Archie learning how to bow just yet. Do they bow to each other? Mm, no, Wait. not really. I'm over here. I'm over here thinking Princess Kate and Prince William are bowing to each other. I don't know. That makes me laugh. That just does. Like, yeah, no. Like before they go to bed at night. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> that's a fun image. <laughs> and the queen never bows to anyone. Neither would the king. Okay. And that rounds out our fun fact. Awesome. Thank you for clarifying that because I did not know. So I'm just basically going to guess that men, the bowing comes from the waist and the women, the curtsy comes from the legs. 
there we have it. So we are wrapping up the second part of X Royals and I just want us to review some of the best headlines so we can gag and laugh and be utterly disgusted <laughs> with the audacity of Meghan and Harry in their pursuit of privacy. So let's take a look at some current headlines. I loved this one. I was laughing so hard in the car and Paul's like, what, what, what's going on? Toddler and Tiara, Meghan Markle still throwing tantrums about royal family. <laughs> and this is an article by none other than Maureen Callahan. And I just think she is the best. So here's a snip. Lest anyone remain in doubt, Meghan Markle's latest interview. This woman has nothing to say. She has nothing to offer, no original thoughts or guiding philosophy, no earthly reason to be taking so much from and so much space in the mainstream media. She clearly despises. You know, just as she despises the British royal family, even as she clings to her title and accepts money from her father-in-law, the future king, who reportedly, and I didn't even know this, Monica, subsidized her and Harry's $14.5 million mansion purchased for their privacy. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of money. I thought it was just $3 million, but maybe that was just the renovation. No, no, no. This is their mansion in Montecito, which is a oh $17 million dollar mansion. Yeah. I didn't. Oh. I, thought, I thought they bought that on their own, um, but apparently King Charles subsidized it. And they thought, went ahead and put Ikea furniture in that? Oh I love goodness. it. The contrast of the rags to riches. Yes. Mon, can you read us the next headline? Absolutely. Meghan Markle has warped sense of reality isn't on the level, Vanity Fair writer says. And I think you shared about this article oh, earlier. So, and here's the quote. What we know about her is that she has a sort of strange relationship to objective reality, says writer Vanessa Gregorius, who wrote about the Montecito-based Duchess in 2018. Oh, so juicy. I, I, I'm going to read the whole Vanity Fair article after we're done recording. <laughs> Meghan Markle told to be quiet after unbelievable offer of forgiveness to royal family. <gasps> I'm slapping my head right now. Okay, so this actually makes me laugh because they were offered forgiveness, but they're the ones begging for the apology. So apparently the Duchess offered forgiveness to the royal family mere days after the death of Prince Philip. The article quotes, Influential royal commentator Angela Levin sent the Duchess of Sussex the blunt message shortly after she announced she wouldn't be attending the Duke of Edinburgh's funeral. Another quote inside the quote. If Meghan didn't want to be center of attention at the funeral, told friends she adored Prince Philip and that she was ready to forgive the royal family, she should be quiet. Instead, all three comments show her patronizing and grandiose behavior. I don't believe them. Oh, I, I like that. Right, that last part, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I definitely would not believe that. Prince Harry and Meghan are on thin ice and must be on best behavior at coronation. And this comes from the mirror.co.uk. Mm, um, yeah, for sure. They should be on their best behavior. But as we know, they won't be. And I don't even think they're going to come because there's that crazy list of demands. So, well, so the article that I read, I read two different ones. It's basically if they do anything at all to detract from the coronation or anything that goes against what's planned, 
they will be banned from all future royal engagements. I don't think that she's got the guts for that. Sorry. Oh, we'll, we'll go on to talk about her guts in some other headlines. Okay. Next headline. One attorney believes Harry could have his visa denied or revoked due to drug use. And so to go further with what the article says, this is because his memoir reveals the drug use and American visas ask about drug use and checking yes on the drug use question will get your visa denied. So what happens if it is discovered someone has lied? Who knows? But also, I mean, I'm gonna put this out here. I don't think that the memoir is what told us he used illicit drugs. I mean, there's this whole Vegas naked thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was he was clearly very open about his drug use. I won't say flagrantly open, but it was not a secret that he used drugs as a young adult in his right. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's media battles won't do them any favors. I really like that one. Cuz I was like, what do they mean by that? Well, according to this article, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry should back off from their persistent battles with UK media. And one quote that I read in a different article says, mm -hmm. you don't pick a fight with people who buy ink by the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> I loved they're, it. Yeah, they're just, I mean, why are you, they just want the attention. It's just not going the way that they had hoped. So the next article says, Prince Harry and Prince Andrew may look the part of royal family black sheep at the king's coronation. So the quote from the mirror is, Harry and Andrew will be barred from wearing the royal regalia and instead will wear suits just as they did for Queen Elizabeth's funeral. Like it or not, this state occasion is all about royal hierarchy. Visual messaging through both costume and carriage will remind us who the future king and queen are. And this is according to the royal historian, Dr. Tessa Dunlop. Ooh, I love it. Meghan Markle isn't brave enough to attend King Charles's coronation. Princess Diana's butler claims. Yes, the braverism. The claim is coming from Paul Burrell, Princess Diana's former butler, and he believes the king has retained the moral high ground by even inviting the Sussexes to the celebration. Yes. And he goes on to say, it's unlikely to be incredibly uncomfortable for them if they attend, particularly Meghan. The 64-year-old recently told Closer Magazine, are they prepared to face the music? No, that's why she's putting those insane demands so mm -hmm. she can say they're I the tried. not coming. Oh yeah, I tried. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the next article from Maureen Callahan says, the $100 million Harry and Meghan is panned. And finally, the karmic wheels of justice turn against two untalented, ungrateful hypocrites. No one deserves it more. So let's savor it. Holy smokes, Maureen. Right. So where does this come from? She's Maureen's talking about the $100 million that Netflix paid Harry and Meghan to produce the docuseries Harry and Meghan. So, so Netflix paid $100 million for yeah. Harry and Meghan. Yeah. And it was a thud. The reviews yeah, but they still to get 100 million dollars. So but that doesn't care? matter. These they don't like negative publicity. 
Let's see oh, what the okay. reviews have to say. The reviews have been scathing. The Hollywood Reporter rightly says the show takes a lot of time to reveal little. The Atlantic <laughs> says if Harry and Meghan really want to spend the next 40 years as small, angry planets trapped in the gravitational pull of the Windsors. Oh, I love this person. This person's got some good writing. <laughs> and Variety. And if you go back a little bit, Meghan confessed that she would get over the awful article from the cut. And she says this to Variety. So this is how Variety reviews her Netflix show. Variety says, the Sussexes surprise us yet again with just how narrow their vision of fame is, how pinched and unimaginative their presence on the world stage has become. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say about that. While maybe it's unimaginative, they're, because their life is boring. We know who they are, and we literally have done two podcasts episodes worth it. So <laughs> I think that their like their goal of like limelight has definitely happened. But it's exactly what you have said. It's all been negative, and I can't imagine. Like here you are thinking you're going to get all of this publicity and fame, and you're building it up in your head, and it's like the exact opposite. Like it's even worse than no one paying attention to you. It's everyone hating on you because you have really truly shown your true colors. That's right. Well, that article is from the Daily Mail. Monica, this is the surprise that I just found. Yeah. What is this? Meghan Markle's ex-husband felt like a piece of something stuck on the bottom of her shoe, friend says. Ew. Okay, I didn't even know she had been married before. Me either. I did not know this. And right? she apparently already treated someone like poo or gum on the bottom of your shoe. Right. Yeah, she was married to a talent agent named Trevor Engelson. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we know how Meghan and Harry met? Because I was seeing where Markle in one of her many, many interviews um, was saying that she didn't really know about Prince Harry. Oh, whatever. Or family. Come I on. Mean, no offense, Meghan, but like even I knew Prince Harry was like a party hottie and I don't even care about the royals. Right. So no. And it's so interesting because we talk about it now and even then, I, you know, because I'm from the States, you don't grow up with the same understanding of of the royal family and mm. so while i now understand very clearly there's a a global interest there i didn't know much about him and so the only thing that i had asked her when she said she wanted to set us up was i had one question i said well is he nice because if he wasn't kind it just didn't it didn't seem like it would make sense no one believes that you didn't know but she's like well i never googled my husband okay i might believe that but you knew like yeah oh, i didn't know who he was no Okay. So Markle was only married for two years to Trevor, uh, but they dated for seven years. So they were together, oh, wow. you know, nine years. Yeah. And she cited irreconcilable differences, and they were divorced in 2013. And she met Harry in 2016. That was a shock to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had no idea, and I can't believe it hasn't been brought up over and over and over again. That's, I think, is even more, what's more shocking than her being married is no one's talked about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there is so much more drama to come for the Markles. <laughs> I did not write that, Monica did, and that's pretty freaking funny <laughs> that you called them the Markles. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, we can hardly wait. As of this recording, they have yet to RSVP for the coronation, which is making planning 
a little difficult. That's right. Some some headlines uh, did say that King Charles is like at his wit's end. Like he he wants all the pieces into place. And he's taken an active role in planning the coronation, which his mother did not. But again, different times. She was coronated in 1953. Totally different times. Friends, we yeah. do hope that you've enjoyed this episode, the first of several uh, about celebrities, celebrity gossip, and deep dives into things that just make us grin from ear to ear. I will have to say that you need to stay tuned once the coronation happens because we are likely going to do a bonus episode spilling all the rest of the tea. I wonder, Monica, if it's Earl Grey tea that we're going to spill. Today's credits include music from Kevin McLeod, Sonata 17, Waltz in A minor, B50, Edgemont Overture, Piano Sonata Number no. 8 in C minor, Pathétique, Opus 13-3, Rondo Allegro, Court of the Queen, and Beethoven Sonata Number no. 3 in C major, Opus Number no. 2, Number no. 3, Third Movement Allegro. Sounds provided by Zapsplat and Mixkit.co. Two Monicas and a Microphone is produced by Nothing Serious Productions.